Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Village Global Venture Stories. Today, we're really excited to have Joe Connor with us on the show. Joe is the founder of Odyssey, a startup charting a new course for education. Odyssey supports education savings accounts, ESAs, and microgrants programs and enables states to administer the programs transparently, approve purchases quickly, and track all financial transactions. Village is excited to have been an early believer in Odyssey, and today we're super excited for them to come out of stealth and announce a new seed round led by Catherine Boyle and Andreessen Horowitz under their new American Dynamism program. Joe Connor, welcome. We're excited to announce your round and share this good news with the audience. So can you tell us in a nutshell, what is Odyssey? Absolutely. So our mission at Odyssey is to democratize access to high quality K-12 education. And the way that we do that is we help families connect to public funding for education. As a former teacher, this is really important and personal for me. I taught in public schools in DC, California, and Philly. And what I saw was how unequal the system of education in our country can be. Really, we allow people the ability to choose education only if they're able to purchase a house in a certain district you basically get a seat at a grade school. And so what I've always been focused on for as long as I can remember in education is we need to fix the way we fund schools in the US. And so this company really goes to that matter, which is we are reversing the situation at Odyssey. We're helping states pass and implement new policies that allow state funding to go directly to parents. And so what that means is that a mom or a dad um, in a state like Idaho, where we're currently operating, can apply for these funds. And once they see receive the funds, then they can use it for whatever reasonable education expense they want for their son or daughter. So we have examples of people uh, using uh, the funds to buy a Braille printer, and then their blind son can actually use that Braille printer to access more material that otherwise wouldn't have been available to them. Another case of a father who really wants his son to learn advanced science classes, but he lives in a rural area and they're not anywhere accessible to him. And so he uses the funds to purchase classes on OutSchool. And so his son can actually learn advanced biology and physics. And so really what we want is we want to enable parents to be able to directly choose the education that works for their son or daughter. Incredible. So Joe, Help us understand, you know, just the the broader macro context on everything that has been happening in education over the last five, 10 years and, you know, all the trends that have intensified during COVID. Uh, You know, given all those macro trends and tell us what those are, like, why does Odyssey matter? Yeah, absolutely. I think Odyssey matters because right now we have a national crisis in education. Uh, The crisis happened well before the pandemic. But the pandemic, like it did for a lot of areas, really highlighted um, how large the disparities were in schooling in the U.S. Just to give a few kind of facts and data points, one is we just got ACT test score results, and they dropped to their lowest level in 30 years. And so based on that, 42% of the students who took the ACT met none of the college Uh, readiness benchmarks, which means that they essentially are not ready for that next level of education. Here in New York City, where I live, uh, a little more than a third of students are proficient in math 
in elementary and middle school, which means nearly two thirds are failing in math and are unable to do kind of basic math uh, problems of their grade level. And so we're really kind of faced with this crisis and many of these schools are struggling and they were struggling pre-pandemic and then pre the pandemic actually kind of accelerated learning loss. And what we're seeing is that parents are voting with their feet. Um, so overall, 1.5 million students have left district schools. Uh, once again, here in New York City, 120,000 in just the last five years have left the schools. And what they're doing is they're going to alternatives, right? So we're seeing rises in things like homeschooling. Uh, charter schools are continuing to grow. We're seeing an entire new sector of learning pods and micro schools that are growing. And so what we have at Odyssey really is the ability to fundamentally change the way we fund education in the U.S. And we're able to actually give those parents who are faced with a local failing district school the opportunity to take those funds and choose what's best for their son or daughter. So instead of having to pay out of pocket, they can use those funds to homeschool. They can use those funds to go to a private school. Um, some people use them for things like starting a micro school or a learning pod. But the idea is that it's kind of out of place in K-12 education, the way we fund things, right? If we're funding housing or we're funding higher education in the U.S., we don't say, okay, here are the only schools you can go to and these are the only ones that we are fun. We essentially allow people to take what is a voucher and then they can go and purchase the services at a private business or at a nonprofit. And so the idea behind these programs really is let's actually introduce some competition into the K-12 marketplace. Let's allow parents to make the decision that's best for their family. And Joe, can you double click on that a little bit and tell us precisely like the amounts of money that a parent might be eligible for? And does it mean that their child or children can't be in public school to draw these dollars? Or if you can just get into details, would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we can think Arizona as an example, because Arizona actually has one of the oldest of these programs in the country. Having said that, it's still relatively new. It's only eight years old. Um, and so Arizona has a program called the Empowerment Scholarship Account, and that allows families to receive roughly $7,000. And they can take that $7,000 and they can spend it on schools, as we just talked about. Um, they can also spend it on services. So they can go to um, a speech therapist. They could go to a tutor. Um, they can go to a museum and pay for the admission with it. So it's a very expansive use of it. and. Some of this is kind of a developing sector. So public schools are beginning to offer kind of uh, services that are priced according to how much parents are receiving. Um, and so some parents are able to take that and then they're able to use their local public school for say extracurricular activities. And then they can go to a private school and then they use the rest of the funds on say a tutor. So what you're kind of really seeing is the beginning in K-12 education of people unbundling what they currently receive, right? So typically now most parents go to their local district and you get everything from your core uh, subjects, math, reading, writing, to electives, um, to your after school and sports. And everything is provided by that one service provider. And this is beginning to kind of pull those things out so that parents can say, you know what, I, I like the math program at my local school, but I really want to use Duolingo 
for language. And so we're going to use that. Or I really want to hire a tutor in science. And so that's how we're going to teach science. And so it's beginning to allow parents to have that choice. And the funding is essentially the mechanism that gives them that. Great. And can you outline how Odyssey facilitates that process? Absolutely. So these programs are complicated, right? It's kind of a sea change in the way that both states and parents think about K-12 education. And so what we do is we come in and we're essentially the experts on these programs and we help the states run them from beginning to end. So typically what that looks like is we'll come in and we'll work with a state agency that's tasked with carrying out the program. We'll help them with things like marketing and outreach. So making parents, making sure that parents know about the program. Uh, we'll help them with application verification. So making sure that the parents are eligible for the program. We'll recruit vendors and make sure they're selling educational goods and services. We handle payment processing. And then we provide access on the back end to the state to be able to audit and look at all the data and make sure the taxpayer money is being well spent. And so essentially, we found out about this issue because as states pass these programs and were charged with carrying it out, they ran into issues, which were, you know, if you give this program to a Department of Education, they're not necessarily experts in, say, payment processing, or they're not necessarily great at marketing and outreach. And so what we saw over time was that states are increasingly looking for a solution to run the programs. And so that's essentially where we come in. We're able to take the administrative burden away from the state and make it much easier. And I think one example really illustrates this. But as I was speaking earlier, in Idaho, we have a program called the Empowering Parents Program we're helping to run. Um, we have over 45,000 people who have applied for it. About 27,000 students have um, been awarded funds. And we came in and we took their application and reduced the processing time from months and weeks to about a few minutes. And that's one of the efficiencies that as a government tech startup, we're able to come in and essentially help them with. Um, and so that's kind of one of the things that um, we're able to do. And so in the first 24 hours, we um, essentially processed about 7,000 applications. And I was recently talking to someone in another state and they had processed um, about 700 in two months. So we're kind of really dealing with a policy that needs software to be able to scale and grow and fulfill its potential. And so that's why it's so important for Odyssey to exist. Wow, that, that that's amazing. So Joe, one of the things that we wanted to hear more from you, and you know, it was one of the things that got us so excited to back in the first place, is all of this regulatory shift uh, that, that has been happening over the last couple of years. Can you unpack a little bit more uh, you know, how that has been happening? Is it really a state-by-state -state issue? Uh, you know, and how, how can we help propel that forward? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing that people should know about K-12 education in the U.S. is it's incredibly decentralized. And one interesting statistic I use to point this out is that in the U.S., we have over 132,000 K-12 schools. By comparison, we have 13,000 McDonald's. So just the amount of uh, buildings and teachers and principals and superintendents and districts that we're dealing with is massive. Uh, teachers are the second largest occupation after retail clerks in the U.S. So this is really a very large 
sector of the government and the industry. And it's one of the reasons actually why it can also be so impervious to kind of massive um, changes done from the top down. And so what the regulatory landscape really looks like is that each individual state essentially is able to set its own kind of regulations. And so what we're seeing, I think, is really a movement that's being led first by parents. And so as we were talking about earlier, the pandemic, I think, really showed people what was actually going on in schools. And I think by and large, a lot of parents were unhappy with this. And so what happened was parents started opting out. So they started homeschooling if that was their only option. If they could afford it, they would go to a private school. Um, if they had the time and the money, maybe they would set up their own school. But essentially, districts lost a million and a half people in the space of the pandemic. And so what is happening on the policy side is essentially a lagging indicator, which is it's now been two to three years of COVID change. And politicians and governors and legislators are starting to wake up to, hey, you know what, there was this massive shift overnight in the way that parents educate their kids. And we need to change the way we fund education to follow that. And so what you're seeing is dozens of states now each year are introducing and passing these types of bills to reflect those changes that they've seen. And so the regulatory landscape, although it is complex, because it essentially is 50 separate ones, we are seeing kind of, I'd say, this universal pattern where in every state, uh, legislators and parents are kind of combining forces to pass these types of programs. And, you know, if you if you live in one of those communities and you want to help drive change uh, in the community that you live in, how can people do that, given how decentralized yeah. the system is? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that um, parents have a lot more power than they probably know that they do. And so in states where parents have been fierce advocates for these types of programs, we've seen a lot of success. Um, and so what I, what my advice would be to people who want to drive this change in their communities is to really advocate and push for these types of programs. And the way that you can do that is really by contacting, you know, your local um, state senator or congressperson about passing these programs. Right now, about a little more than a third of the states have the programs. Each year, more and more states pass them. And that is primarily driven by parents. Um, there has been a lot of recent polling done on this, and it depends on people's political affiliations, it depends on the state, um, but upwards of two thirds of parents support these types of programs. So in an era when everything is very partisan, this is actually one of the few bipartisan issues. Democrats, independents, and Republicans all support these programs by wide margins. And so it really is in the parents' hands if they want to get these types of programs passed at the state level. And what have you learned as an entrepreneur about working with state governments? I think what I've learned is working with states is very different than working with any other type of customer. Previously, I've run a startup that sold directly to parents. And so one of the interesting things we have at Odyssey is we work very closely with parents, but we also work closely with the state and we work closely with vendors, essentially people who are selling education services. And so I would say that one thing I've learned about working with the state is 
that their major concern with programs like this is what they refer to as headline news. So they don't want these programs to be in the local newspaper for the wrong reasons, right? Um, someone, If someone would take the money and spend it on, say, like a barbecue grill instead of you know their son or daughter's education, that would be a problem for them. And so really what we have devoted most of our resources to on the software development side is making sure that we build a system that catches fraud. And so there's kind of two ways that we think about that. One is application fraud. So someone pretending to be someone that they're not, right? They're pretending to be a state resident. They're pretending to be a state resident with kids. And so um, we've gotten fairly sophisticated at being able to detect that. Uh, part of that, and part of I think what makes us different from others is we actually integrate with state databases. Um, so in Idaho, we're actually working very closely with the Idaho State Tax Commission, which kind of has the gold standard of you know who is an Idaho citizen and who's not. And so they've been a great partner with us as we have to verify, okay, is this person an Idaho resident? Do they have dependents? Um, and so I would say that that's probably kind of one of the biggest um, learnings, which is that people are kind of really focused on that fraud element. Got it. And I think you mentioned there were two. So first was clarifying that they're um, uh, a resident. Is there a second thing that you're yes. covering? Yes. So the second thing is um, fraud that happens um, from transactions, right? So once we've actually been able to say, okay, so-and-so is a state resident, they have kids, that's been verified. We still have to make sure that the money that they spent goes to appropriate education expenses. And so it's a fairly broad term. Um, that can mean everything from tutors to schools to books to online classes. Um, but we do want to prevent them from buying things like um, an Xbox or something like uh, in um, like a barbecue grill. And so what we've been able to do there is use software to essentially make sure that every product and every vendor gets thoroughly reviewed before they're able to be in the marketplace. And then every parent actually needs to sign off on every purchase. Um, and so we've been able to, I think, through that focus, the kind of laser focus on fraud, really reassure states that, okay, you know what, this is a challenging program to run, um, but Odyssey can help you uh, with our software. Got it. So you're administering all the funds right on your platform. That's correct. Yeah. yeah okay, got it. Um, and I'm just curious, where does Minecraft, is it Minecraft approved, not approved? So yeah. some of these products are kind of on the borderline, right? Yeah. So it's actually really interesting. One thing um, that we've seen is we try to take a very expansive view of what education is. Um, but a lot of states are setting up what are called parent boards. And so if there's a kind of disagreement over a parent thinks this is educational, the state doesn't, um, it actually gets escalated to a parent board. Mm -hmm. And parents are actually like very cognizant of, you know, these are good programs. We don't want the funds to go to fraudulent activities. Um, something like Minecraft, we actually haven't had that introduced yet. So I, I, I can't say what our decision will be. Um, but we, we do love to offer kind of lots of educational software to kids, especially in states like Idaho that frankly have a lot of rural communities. And so they might not have a lot of in-person options. Yeah, you know, Joe, I, I think what's most interesting here to me in some ways is you're helping catalyze sort of a, a rebirth of 
one of the things that made America so great in the beginning, which was this idea of federalism, right? So like you, you have people in all of these different communities and they believe different things and they want different things for their ch children. And that's fine. And, you know, Odyssey is, is, a, is a, a catalyst. It's a platform uh, to help drive that change. Absolutely. I think that one of the strengths of the U.S. system is the fact that it's so decentralized, right? And so every state and every community can essentially act as a laboratory, right, for better ideas that can flow up from grassroots. And that's really how these programs started. They were passed first in Arizona. Other states got interested as they saw initial success. Um, and then the pandemic really accelerated the process that was already happening organically. And so more and more states then started passing these programs. And so I think the most exciting thing really is that Odyssey allows parents to essentially be able to customize their education in a way that they wouldn't be able to without it, right? So if they want a classical education, they can take their state funding and go and do a classical education. If they want to be homeschooled, they can use the funds. If they want a Montessori education, they can do that. Um, you know, we have parents who are doing really cool things with the funds, and it's also encouraging other entrepreneurs who can apply for and get approved and open up, say, you know, a micro school that is a forest school, um, which means it, it it is literally what it sounds like. You know, it's it's kids uh, taking school in the forest, learning kind of wilderness survival techniques and about nature. And so I think that's one of the most exciting things, which is that it's really unleashing um, parents and teachers entrepreneurial activity. And there's kind of going to be, I think, more exciting businesses and organizations that spin out from this as they take advantage of the fact that parents can really choose where they want to send their child to school now. So on that note, um, you know, if you fast forward like five, 10 years from now, what does the world look like? What does Odyssey enable uh, in, that, in that world? Yeah. So I think five to 10 years, we want every family in the U.S. to be able to customize their education with their own dollars. And so that means very, working very closely with our government partners um, at the state level to allow them to pass these programs, to help them design the programs using best practices from other states that we've learned from around the country. And really, it means that we have lots of great high-quality options for those parents to choose from, right? And so in um, our first state that we launched in, in Idaho, we've actually been able to get over 538 local small businesses, in addition to kind of national retailers and software companies. Um, we've actually been able to get 538 um, mom and pop stores. So things like tutoring centers, um, we've been able to get uh, music schools. We've been able to get after-school drone programs. Um, and so that is really something that we want to encourage, which is um, environments um, where there's all this entrepreneurial activity and parents are able to access kind of high quality. And so we really want to be able to allow parents to customize their education. And we really think we can build that platform for parents to do it. In, in addition to those 500 local programs and all the national players that are available for parents in the marketplace in Idaho, you said it's something like 30,000 parents are now in the system? So uh, we launched the program uh, about six weeks ago. And in that time, we've been able to approve 30,000 students. 
was it Odyssey's responsibility to really build awareness or were you kind of capturing the pent up demand uh, for a wait list in Idaho or something like that? Just curious how the parents heard about it and how they activate it on the platform. Yeah. So it was both, honestly. Um, we do marketing and outreach um, and we've had some great partners uh, in the state who have helped us to reach out to certain communities like the Hispanic community in Idaho, which traditionally hasn't participated in programs like these, and also reaching out to small businesses to let them know about it. And so a lot of that um, has been a function that we've been doing. But I think the most exciting thing about a program in Idaho is there's been so much pent-up demand. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but we had over 7,000 people apply in the first 24 hours alone. And there is just a huge demand, both in Idaho and around the country, once these programs pass, um, for um, them to allow parents to actually customize their education. So that's, I think, one of the most exciting things. Awesome. So, Joe, you're not only you're coming yeah. out from stealth, you're also announcing your launch. Uh, sorry, uh, you're also announcing your fundraise today. Congrats on the round. Can, can you tell, tell the audience uh, what, what, what's the news? Yeah, we're incredibly excited to announce that Odyssey has raised $4.75 million in a seed round led by Andreessen Horowitz and Catherine Boyle through their American dynamism practice. And um, we're also really thrilled to have other great investors uh, like Village Global, who have been kind of great partners from the very beginning and help us build our business. And this is a challenging environment for people to raise money. What was the experience like for you? It is challenging. I think one of the really heartening things during the process is that there are still investors like Andreessen and Village Global who are willing to tackle kind of big, hairy problems like education, right? And so I think that that has been reassuring and maybe kind of one silver lining, which is that increasingly, I'm seeing more demand for companies that are tackling hard sectors like education or healthcare or national defense. Um, and so it's been great being able to work with Catherine at Andreessen on that, as well as uh, both of you uh, from Village Global on being able to really understand how to build a company that uh, works closely with the government as a major stakeholder. Um, and so that's been um, kind of really exciting. And the capital that we're raising will allow us to develop the product more, be able to scale to more states, um, and really be able to um, hire more developers, which is exciting. Awesome. And if people want to get in touch with you or even work for you, uh, what's the best <laughs> way to get in touch? Well, absolutely. Uh, I'm pretty easy to reach. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Joseph J. Connor, or you can follow our company, Odyssey, at with Odyssey underscore. You can also feel free to email me, joe at withodyssey.com. And then feel free to check out our website. Uh, we are hiring across teams right now for lots of different positions as we're growing very quickly. Uh, so you can check us out at www.withodyssey.com. Amazing. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. 